Well, good morning, everybody. Feels like I've just gone for a run. That's because we have been running around to make sure that it all works. And I hope those online are still able to hear properly. Um, our studio cut off, I think, at the end of the third song with the load shedding, but uh, we managed to get you some audio at the sound desk, which wouldn't have sounded great, but you at least can hear us. How's everybody doing inside here today? All good? It's a little darker than normal in here as well, uh, but anyway, we're here. We are church, and God is going to meet with us today, and trust that you enjoyed the time of worship with us today. Um, how's everybody feeling? Alive? Strong? Healthy? Fit? Um, there's a lot going on, and uh, I don't know, it just feels really cool to be able to kind of get back to some kind of normality and at least have people in the auditorium. So welcome, welcome those guys at the back. There's some people in the foyer with us as well. We've shuffled the um, kids, the juniors around, so some of those guys in the foyer there on a powered backup speaker. Anyway, uh, we are starting a new series today. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But I want to maybe right up front warn you. I'm going to raise a problem today and not necessarily offer a solution. So many of life's problems, and like we even the problems we're dealing with this morning, we are too complicated to solve in a 30-minute preach. And by the end of the message today, I've achieved my purpose if you feel frustrated. Some of you are saying, well, that's great. Thank you. Thanks. Nice to be at Open Skies Church this morning. But it's the point of the series and what I'm trying to get across. And maybe even at the risk of offending anyone today, Can I ask you an honest question that perhaps you've asked yourself before? And maybe it's a question you don't expect from a pastor. But do you ever feel like Christianity isn't working? Some honest people saying yes. Just got quiet. Maybe some of you are just too embarrassed to even admit or even nod your head. But do you ever feel like it's just not working? Do you ever feel like, like, God, are you actually real? Like, maybe I'm like conned into believing this lie. I'm sitting here wasting my time at church, and maybe there's something else. (laughs) Someone's being honest this morning. (laughs) Maybe that's the desperate cry that many of us may have. Do you ever feel like maybe the way that you're serving God or following God and trusting God just isn't working? Let me give you a couple examples. Maybe... uh, you just right now feel a little bit burnt out with this whole church thing. I mean, you haven't been in church for a while anyway because it's been COVID, but because of that, you felt like, ah, I needed the rest. Just, it's just too crazy, and maybe I'll try a little bit here and there. Maybe you feel discouraged that prayers haven't worked. Maybe you're doing all the right things, but everything goes wrong. You just feel like this thing's not working. Maybe a, a friend or a family member gets really sick, gets cancer, something terrible happens and you feel like, what's the point? Is this really all working? Maybe you grew up in church. You came to Wild Youth. You had your first kiss down there in the bushes. Ed, you need to watch these lighties, eh? Your, your parents serve here in the church, but then you, you, you come back from youth feeling so fired up and what's happening at home is inconsistent with the truth of God's word and you hear your parents fighting and you pray for a miracle, you trust God, but then your parents end up getting divorced. And you're like, God, did, did you hear my prayer? You know, is this even working? Maybe you're a young, loving Jesus couple, doing everything right. You were dating and waiting before you started mating. 
You were in home group. You served. But then you lose your job. Maybe you fall pregnant, but then lose the child. And you're like, God, where are you? What, what, what's going on? Why didn't you answer my prayer? Do you even care? Is Christianity working? Okay, maybe not so dramatic. Maybe you're just the regular here today, and you, you're at church, and you even opened your YouVersion Bible app this morning, and uh, you even listened to worship music in your car. Lauren Cullen's new EP coming out pretty soon. It's, it's really exciting. You've got a Believe cap as well, eh? You wear that thing every now and again. You've got a decent job. You've got a place to live. You've got a car. You've got some friends. You've got some holidays. You get to eat out every now and again. But you just find yourself not fulfilled, just not happy. Does Christianity even work? Does anyone here today want to admit that they felt like that before? Or do you want to just continue to polish your halos and feel all holy? Have you ever wondered if there is a better way? Is there a better way to do this thing, to do life, to do church, to do this God thing? Maybe you're feeling hurt or overwhelmed and you're like, there must be a better way. Well, check what John 14 verse 1 says. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms, if that were not so, what I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You can check the disciples going, hang on a second, Jesus, could you say that again? I lost you there. You know where I'm going, right? Jesus asked him. And I love um, Thomas. He always gets the bad rap, but he literally says the very thing that everyone is thinking but doesn't have the guts to say. And he says, so he says, do you know where I'm going? Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Like, and I can imagine today's, I don't have a clue where you're going. How can we find the way? Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the series that we're kicking off today is called A Better Way. And it's going to be running for four weeks. And today, the message is all about when you don't like who you're becoming. I'll tell you a little bit more later of what the rest of the series is going to look like. But can I just pray? Father, we thank you so much for what you're wanting to say and do in and through us today and through your word. And I think, even after the introduction, I think there's many of us that identify with some of those thoughts. And we are saying, God, is there a better way? Lord, would you speak to us? Would you deposit truth into our hearts today? Would you show us a better way? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you know that the way you do something matters? Okay? You can pick up a golf club and you can take a swing at a ball. And someone else can pick up that same golf club and take a swing and hit it like far better than you, Colin. And uh, we haven't played golf in a while. Colin used to buy pink balls. The reason he bought them is because that they're easy to find in the bush. Um, but someone can come and hit the same shot as you, but they just know how to do it better. There's a better way. And they might turn to you if you're humble enough to even ask for advice. They can show you how to do it. They can show you the better way. But even when it comes to our words, there's a right way to say something, and then there's the wrong way to say something. 
Like even you think about some Christians, I mean, you know, if you're passionate, you're saying, Jesus loves you, you sinner. That, that's, that, that's right in what they're saying, but it's just the wrong way to say it. Those of you married, you can say to your wife, are you wearing that? Or you can say, are you wearing that? One leads to this, one leads to this, right? Different way to say the exact same words. Now what's interesting, as Christians, we often focus on the truth aspect of Christianity, like the truth of God's word, and even a little bit about the life that God can give us. And when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I think even for us as preachers, we focus on the truth. And that's important because the truth sets you free, right? We know Jesus is the way to the Father because that's what he was saying. But what about the way that he lived? Because I think he was talking a little bit more into this whole idea of the way. You see, living the way that Jesus lived is a reflection of the truth that Jesus taught. And we look at the truth of what he said, but we often overlook the way that he lived. Now, a little bit of uh, Bible trivia for you this morning. What do you think first century Christians were called? Don't shout out the answer, but think about it. What do you think they were actually called? What? Were they called Christians? Only a little bit later, but originally they, they weren't called Christians. They weren't called reborn Christians. They, they weren't even called religious. The religious were actually the Pharisees. They weren't called Bible bashers. They weren't called happy clappers. They weren't called Jesus freaks. These spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, world-changing people were known as people of the way. Go read the Bible. It speaks about that. It says they were the people of the way. And what's interesting is their goal wasn't just about right theology and kind of like strong morality in, in, their, in their messages um, in and through the Gospels, but their goal was to live and to love the way that Jesus lived and loved. Maybe just take a moment this morning, just think about the way that Jesus lived. If you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you compare it to how we live our lives, it was actually quite different. Obviously, different culture, different times. But the way that he lived was so different. Let's think about our own life. You know, um, well, we, we, we feel a stress a lot of the time. But Jesus was always full of joy. You know, we, we freak out about the economy and COVID and even this morning. I mean, geez, I'm like freaking out, trying to get everything work. The guys are running around. And I, I know there's an element of that that we need, a little sense of urgency in some of the things we do. But often we get stressed and we just forget to pray. I was like, okay, let's just pray that everything goes well, because sometimes that's all you can do. And Jesus lived like that. He spoke to his father all the time. Do you know they say that we are the most anxious generation right now living on this earth, the most anxious in history. And Jesus didn't worry. He spent many hours teaching not to worry. When Jesus saw a need and saw people, he stopped and he just took the time to engage. Some of you are saying, well, I ain't got time for that, bro. I've got a meeting I've got to get to. But he constantly just invested into people. He was never rushing. He had time to talk to his father. Maybe some, some of you might want to be honest this morning, but how many of you battle to pray sometimes? You know, after three minutes, you, you're distracted by your phone, or you're thinking about your next meal, or you, you forget why you even opened your phone, which was to read the Bible. 
because as you opened it, you see a notification, and then you're like, oh, that Instagram post, and then you WhatsApp messages, like me now, and I'm meant to be preaching, and I'm not, okay? And you're like, why did I open my phone again? Oh, it was to read the Bible. Have you ever done that before, anyone? Any honest people here today? I've honestly opened my phone so many times, and it, it takes me half an hour to get to actually what I was meant to do. Imagine if Jesus lived like that. I know it's quite almost impossible to put Jesus in today's world, but can you imagine Jesus opening Instagram and him saying, oh, if I only had Yeezys, then instead of these like sandals, then I'd get more followers. Oh my gosh, look at JTB. He's got more followers than me. You know who JTB is, eh? John the Baptist. (laughs) It must be his Yeezys. Can you imagine Jesus, well, like a long day out in the dusty roads, healing people, and he's like, I need a beer. (laughs) It's been a long day. But think about the way that he interacted with people. You know, when Jesus went somewhere, he walked. He took days to get to places. We want to get places fast. He took his time. There is no scripture in the Bible. You can maybe try and point it out to me. Maybe I've missed it. I don't see a scripture that says Jesus ran. Maybe he did. I don't know. He never hurried. He never scurried. When when people came to him and said, look, someone's dying. He's like, okay, cool. I'll get there. And then he stops off and has a child there, speaks to this person there, and takes the next day to get there. He's like, don't worry. He wasn't in a rush. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm often rushing. And I know our lives are busy. But for me, when I'm in the traffic, I'm trying to find the quickest lane. Like, I've actually got a formula here on the M13, when to move across. So just before you get to the Everton or Framp, you've got to move into the right lane. Because I love driving past all those people that get caught, because they have to go to wait, because they've got to let all the people in from the Everton or Framp. You're just like, (laughs) like... You should have come into the right lane. I'm joking. I'm, not, I'm a lot more calm on the road. I let people in all the time now. But, um, but you know, do you know the formulas? Eh? Like when you, I remember when I used to go to Bible college down in Pinetown, uh, I used to race this one lady called Sue, who also used to leave here from Kloof. And, Kloof. and because she was a lady, I used to get so upset because people used to let her in. They would never let me in. Like they would, she would just go right to the front and just, like, just have a nice little wave and a nice smile, and they all let her in. I tried that, and then they didn't. But there were certain uh, rhythm flows going down Fields Hill that you could work the system to get there quicker. I even look, when I get to a robot, I see a car in front of me, and there's no one on the left. I want pole position <laughs> into the left lane. Do you know what I mean? So as that red light goes, you know, it's F1, but I'm off so that I can get ahead of that person. Anyone else like that? Let's just be honest. Always pushing, always rushing, but always overwhelmed honest question this morning are we rushing to become a person we don't even like because we're so impatient go faster go faster I don't know if you've ever picked up on some old photos. I love photos. And for those of you who know me, I can literally pull up a photo like from 1997 straight away. Like on my phone, I've got WhatsApp things. I mean, you know, got some friends sitting here today. Pick up the old, old photos from when we were younger, this and that. I love looking at old photos. But something that I notice when I look at old photos is the pace of life seemed a little slower. Don't you think? When I look, I, I just, I, I think, I, I don't know what I did with my time, actually. 
I mean, particularly when, before we had kids. I, I really don't know, do you know what we did at that time? We used to sleep until 10 every day. When Chloe was born, we had the shock of our life. My goodness. Um, but I, I've got a couple of pictures up here on the screen. When I was younger, this is when Jen and I got married on honeymoon, sitting on the sandy beaches there. Um, there's Juliet there today. I don't know. We just seemed, I mean, I had time to play remote control. And look at those shoes. Oh, my gosh. What are those? Island style. I had time to play like remote control. I mean, this is when I'm in my 20s, guys. There's uh, two good friends of mine. These are my two wives that I had at one stage. No, I'm joking. Um, this is a friend's wife. Uh, go back to that one there of Jin. Jin was pregnant, as you can see there. And uh, the next photo is when Chloe had a one-year birthday. But I look at those pictures, and I just think, I don't know, like, I, I don't think... It was as crazy as it is today. I know I personally have more responsibility right now. I've got four kids. But I just think the pace of life has sped up. It's like I think we were a little more relaxed then. We didn't have as much to worry about. But I think a lot has to do with the way that we're living our lives today. Is there a better way? And I think for us to understand if there is a better way, we need to be willing to make some changes. We might need to be willing to listen to some honest feedback or have some honest conversation. Maybe even get some counseling. Maybe take some intentional rest. You know, we're coming up to the end of the year pretty soon, and a lot of people do take some time off. But I'm sharing this message now in the hopes that it will help you as we wind down to the end of the year as opposed to speed up. Particularly as we go into 20, what are we in, 2022? <laughs> Remember the beginning of the year, we started with a series called Okay But First. Not coffee. Okay But First, rest. How are we doing with that? How have we done with that? Because what's the point of hearing all these messages and then we're not actually putting them into practice? But I'm, I'm reminding us of some of those things. I mean, I'd listened to some, a whole bunch of um, podcasts by John Markoma. He wrote a book called The, uh, uh, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Fantastic book. Um, Craig Rochelle, who's incredible speaker. I mean, he was one of the best at the GLS this past uh, week. Um, just amazing. And he really, and, and a lot of the series has been inspired out of John Marcoma and, and Craig Rochelle, some of the, the content, but the pace of their lives as well. And Craig Rochelle says this, and he's been in ministry many, many years. He says, the way I'd been doing the work of God, he's a pastor, was destroying the work of God in me. How about the way that you are living your life right now? Is it destroying the work of God in you? You see, we all have good intentions, but the way we may be doing something may be wrong. The way you're doing life, the way you are managing your schedule, the way you are just the pace you're going at, it's destroying you. The way you're managing your insecurities and your unresolved hurts, your deepest fears, your worries, that way is distracting you and destroying you. And I think it's time that we make a change. And not only in January. Remember last year as well, about this time, I spoke a message, the decision before the decision. Because you've got to start to kind of make these incremental decisions before you make a major change. But everything within us will push back when we try to change something. It's like, you know, with certain uh, traditions that we have. In our, there's such a pushback. I remember a story from the Alpha Course, Nikki Gumbel tells a story about this church. They wanted to move the piano from the one side of the stage to the other, but it was too big a decision that they thought wouldn't pass the board, so what they decided to do is move the piano this, this much every week. 
And by the end of the year, they got the piano to the other side of the stage. And sometimes we need to make these small little steps, these small decisions. But there will be a pushback. The pushback will be this. That's not the way you do it. That's not the way you've done it. That's not the way the world works. The way the world works is we've got to be successful. There's a way you need to do it if you want to win, if you want to get ahead in life. There's a way to be happy. Push, drive harder, achieve, conquer, get things done, show people what you've got. That's the way you do it, right? But listen to what Proverbs 14, 12 says. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. It's very quiet in here this morning. Listen to what Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says. I love this passage. It says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I know a lot of you may know what a yoke is. It's not an egg yoke. For some of you who don't know what a yoke is, uh, this is a yoke. Um, they used to use them on oxen. So the two heads would go through there. And if you bring up the next pick, um, so, so, so they would keep them together in tandem, okay? It, it would be like a, a cross piece that would be fastened across. Sometimes they'd even uh, have a, a wooden beam that would run across. I think there's another picture of the wooden beam. There is there. The other one was more fancy. But that is a yoke. And they would put it over two animals, and the cows would be able to move together, the oxen, and to plow. Okay. Now, this scripture says, come to me, and I'll give you a work tool. That was a tool used for work. I don't know if you ever thought about that. Because when I'm tired, and things are crazy, I don't want any weight around my neck. I want your fingers around my neck. I want you to give me a massage. Like, I want to rest. I'm one of those guys that like going to spas and massages. I don't know. Dad, not like you. You don't like those things. I, <laughs> I love it. Just when I want to just chill and relax. I mean, I don't think of a yoke like more work. I want to sleep when I'm tired. And what's interesting is you never have a single yoke. It's two. A yoke is always joined two things together. They work together to accomplish more. It helps you work at the same pace together. And Jesus is inviting us to this better way to say, come to me, take my yoke. Let's do this thing together. Because we do. We need to work. We're on a journey in life. But it will be easier when we work with him. The Bible, uh, in the Message Bible, it speaks about you know, the, the rhythms, the unforced rhythms. We'll, we'll get to that later in the series and how we work, work together. And Jesus wants us to be joined to him. You see, it's not just believe the truth and live the life that Jesus has given us, but it's to live the way that Jesus wants us to live. Maybe today you're saying, Hilton, but like I'm a single mom. I'm like doing two jobs. Like this, this is a little bit unreasonable. Um, you, you don't understand my circumstances. Maybe you're saying like you don't have the boss that I work for. There's no way that I can even take a moment to rest. And you're saying, well, oh, but Jesus, like he, you know, 
What, what responsibility did he have? You know, he had a lot of time on his hands. I think he had a pretty big job. And his job was to be perfect. He was judged by everybody and to save the world. But you always see Jesus disconnecting from the crowd. You see him ex uh, spending extended time with his father. You see him having long meals with people he loved. You see him having deep conversations with people. You see him stop and listening to hurt people. Is there a better way? Yes, there is. The way that Jesus lived. And I said to you right in the beginning, as I kind of almost come to a close, is that I'm not going to give you answers today. I actually want to get you frustrated. I'm not going to give you a quick fix, one, two, three points like we often do, which are helpful. But I want you almost to sit long enough in the frustration that you feel right now to go, I don't like the way that things are going right now in my life. I don't like the way that I'm living. Lord Jesus, could you show me the better way? But sometimes we need to sit in that frustration and actually feel sick sometimes to our stomach, a little bit sick of the life that we're living. I remember when uh, in 2017 when we traveled a lot and took the kids out of school and did a lot of ministry. It, it, was, it was such a, it was a difficult time, but it was such a releasing time for us. We stepped out of the system, the way that everything happens, like kids' school and extramurals and homework and work, normal work. We were doing different work, but it was such a, a perspective shift for us just to do something different. And you realize there is another way. Now, I'm not saying we're all going to pack up and travel the world, okay? And then I mean, if your job affords you that opportunity to do that, that's amazing. But we don't have to be so stuck in a system that this is the only way. There's multiple ways to educate children. There's not one way. And I think the world has fed us this lie, fed us this system. The devil's fed us this lie, that this is the way that you've got to do it. These things are a great help, but we're also being fed a lie here. You know, I know some people that are trading in their iPhones and Samsungs for like that brick Nokia thing. Do you remember that? Like, I just want to be able to make calls right now. I'm not suggesting we all do that. I mean, these are incredible business tools, but we've got to run these things. They shouldn't run us. There is a better way to do life. And if you don't like who you're becoming and you feel like you are heading for a train wreck, many, many people experience burnout in some point of their life. You have to see the warning signs, the slowdown signs. There's a reason why they put warning signs on the road for us, particularly if there's someone working on the road. If there's, like, damage up ahead, they, they put up these signs to warn us to slow down. And sometimes we just ignore those signs. And often what happens in car accidents, if there's been one, it's crazy how there's another one. Because people don't see the red lights on the back of people's cars. Or they don't see everybody slowing down, and they hit into the back of someone. Or, you know, when there's an accident on the other side of the freeway, it's crazy how there's one on this side of the freeway because everyone's slowing down just to have a look and be distracted. And we miss the warning signs. Today, my heart, my hope is that you feel frustrated enough to register and see the warning signs because there is a better way. And I just want to encourage you. I said I'd come back to where we're going in the series so that you will be here next week and the week after that and the week after that. I'm going to do a four-week series. Week two next week is... Um, the way most of us live is we feel rushed, stressed, overwhelmed. I'm going to talk about the unhurried rhythms of grace. And that message is going to be titled, When We're Too Busy for What Matters. The week after that, many of us um, are regretting a past that we can't change. We're worried about a future that we can't control. It's crazy how we worry about things. I worry about things all the time. I'm like, oh, but what if this happens? What if this happens? 
We're present physically a lot of the time, but our mind is somewhere else. We're unfocused, we're preoccupied, and we're distracted by stupid stuff. And the message I'm going to be preaching in week three is, your best days are now. There's a great message that goes around, and I also believe that message is, your, your best days are ahead. I really believe that. But what about your best days are now? Be in the moment. Learn undivided attention in the moment. And then week four, Christians everywhere, all of us are overcome by temptation and we feel far from God in many ways. Sometimes spiritually we feel dry, we feel dull. And that message is going to be called when you're given up on prayer. And I spoke about it a couple weeks ago. Remember, uh, Peter was sleeping in the garden and he acted in the wrong way and he cut off Malchus's ear. If you didn't catch, catch that message, uh, go take a listen. It's called Take It Easy. And I'm going to talk a little bit about an unbroken fellowship that we see that Jesus had with his father and how we can begin to enjoy his presence a little more. And I think we're, going to, we're talking about having a worship service somewhere around that moment, that time, where we could just actually shut down and engage and connect with God in a whole new way. Because we've got to go into the new year out of a place of rest. We don't rest from the work we've done. We rest for the work that is to come. I love that. So if you're tired of the grind, you're tired of the stress, tired of being miserable, tired of being afraid, tired of being angry, tired of being anxious, too many problems to solve, too much weight to carry, too much weight to bear. Hello. I don't know what happened there. Oh, there we go. Too much pain to bear. There is a better way. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. You can either choose to lie down, or sometimes I've realized with Jesus, He will make you lie down. And if you look at the Bible, it doesn't say, be busy and no. It doesn't say, be rushed and no. It doesn't say, be frantic and know. What does it say? Be still and know that I am God. There is a better way. And I suppose an invitation from me today or from God is, is to create some frustration in your heart now this morning as we end. Prepare your heart for what's to come because God wants to do something. But the first thing we need to do is actually come to Jesus to say, okay, God, I surrender because when we try this thing on our own, it doesn't work. When we just come to Jesus and He will give us rest. You don't have to earn it. It's a gift. Take His yoke upon you. It's not a burden, but it's to help us get into the correct rhythms of how we should do life, the way we should do it. Do life with Jesus, guiding us, leading us. And in that space, we will find rest for our souls. And even if you're not ready to make any major decisions around how you're going to adjust your life, can I just encourage us in closing right now? Let's just come to Jesus. You, maybe you say, I don't even know what that looks like. Is there a 10 step? No. You just open up your heart. Let's do that now. Let's, let, let's all stand in the auditorium today. Let's just open up our heart and just say, God, I don't even know what this looks like. I don't even know where to begin. I feel so frustrated. There's so much going wrong. I feel tired. I feel worn up. I'm doing it the wrong way. Can you help me? Jesus says, come to me and he will show us. He will lead us. As I said, I can't give you all the steps, 